football on off the ball. With Sky, the Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk. Indeed, you're very welcome back. It's Richie McCormack here with you this evening. Delighted to say, joining us on the line to discuss the uh, first batch, essentially, of Premier League festive football that we've gotten this week is John Giles. John, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Richie. Have you had a good Christmas? Uh, yeah, I did, uh, Richie. Fairly quiet. Yeah. Not, not too much Not too much booze, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Well, without wanting to bring, you know, people behind the curtain too much on this, like, we check in on one another just to see what we're going to, you know, touch on in yes. this segment. And the main thing that I came away from that chat earlier on, John, was thinking, does nobody else in your house get a look in with the telly with the amount of football that you've seen over the course of the last week or so? That's about right, Richie. Yeah, really? Are yeah, you po- you're not yeah, a popular yeah, man then back yeah. home, no? We haven't, we haven't even got two tellies, you know. <laughs> ah, here. <laughs> so uh, we have to just go on the one. But, uh, my, my, my good lady's been with me a long time. She knows the she knows the score when the matches are on. I, I, she, yeah, she gets a book out and has a, has a good read of it, you know. I'd say at this stage, I don't think there's any changing that dynamic, really. Uh, I no, think it's been set in for a while. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's too late. Uh, well, come here. We'll, we'll start with what's most recent to us, and that is last night's victory for Manchester City away to Leeds. Mm, uh, 3-1. Yeah. Erling Haaland again uh, with another couple of goals, bringing his tally to the season uh, to 20. He's done that in the quickest ever time for a Premier League footballer in just 14 matches. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne also stood out last night for his performance against Leeds. I want to start on the Leeds side of things, John, because there was that period prior to the World Cup where we thought things looked to be on the up. There were a couple of late winners. Crescencio Somerville looked to be lifting them uh, back towards mid-table. But now I think that result last night may have solidified worries that were already kind of deep in set in the, in the Leeds psyche. I think so. I think so. It was, it was poor. Now, they were playing against a terrific team, probably probably, or maybe the, the, the Champion League win, sorry, um, winners mm. this season, City and City, as we know. Uh, with Haaland there as well, but I didn't think Leeds were good. You know, despite that fact, I didn't think they played well. Um, and I was amazed afterwards. I saw the post-match talk that he gave uh, his manager Jesse, Jesse Marsh, Marsh. Yeah. and far too complicated for my like, complicated for my liking, uh, Richie. Yeah, he you know, was, there was, he was he was gone here and there, and I mean the fact was that you know City were the better team. Uh, these didn't play well. They deserve to lose maybe a little bit more than they did, um, and I think it's I think it's going to be a long haul for the Leeds and their supporters uh, this season. He said after the match, I was just reading his quotes there from his yeah. press conference. I know he spoke to to Amazon afterwards, where, where the game was being broadcast. But he said afterwards that. Um, there was a, a quality issue in the match. They're very good and have a lot of good players and we wanted it to be a bit of, a bit of a battle of attrition. And they, you know, for 40-odd, 45 minutes-odd until that Rodri goal just prior to half-time, they were keeping it tight. Um, but there is, I think, and he alluded to it as well, there was a bit of a lack of ambition uh, on Leeds' behalf there. And that's the kind of role that they're going to find themselves in a lot of the time this season is that they are. We've spoken about it before, John, like they've conceded goals for fun previously against sides that are much worse than Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, whereas now they're kind of keeping it tight. They've got players like Tyler Adams in their midfield, um, but it is a worry for them from their point of view. It looks like it could be a long season. I think the two central backs are not good enough, mm. uh, Richie. To be honest, but but I think the overall. I mean, I, you were very kind to send me a, a, a copy of his statements after the match, and I, to be quite honest, I couldn't understand them. He was talking about I don't know what the hell he was talking about in the, in, in, in the match, mm. which is not a good sign. 
you know, the the um, I mean, the, the all action leads side that we knew under Bielsa and and with uh, Marsh wasn't there at all. Now they were playing a very good team, but they they, they just didn't have it. I couldn't see it. Um, I, I, I thought they were lucky to get away with the three-one result. To be quite honest, I mean, Haaland himself missed a couple of chances, but I. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see Leeds doing well, but I'd be I'd be worried about them for what, if if it means anything at all, uh, uh, Richie. I, I think they're, they're going to be have a very very difficult season. You look at their next two games, um, you know, and it's Leeds. Uh, they're away to Newcastle, and then they're going to be uh, at home to West Ham. Those are teams we would have presumed at the start of the season they're mm-hmm. going to be in and around it but Newcastle as we'll get to I think eventually are a different prospect this year West Ham obviously a um, bit of a patchy mixed bag mm-hmm. so far this season but they're just two points above the uh, the relegation zone uh, they've got a game in hand over the others around them but still it is concerning when you see those results like last night and the inability I guess to put forward a performance but as you mentioned Manchester City imperious looking at times particularly in the second half I mean Leeds did give them the, yeah. the openings for that um, how impressed are you and have been by, by Haaland and his combination I guess with Kevin De Bruyne they seem to be working perfectly together well, definitely I mean he's, he's, he's world class I mean you, mm. <laughs> the amount of goals he's scoring uh, Rich is, is incredible I mean he's one of those big big lad as we know but he has the balance of a, of a little fella yeah. and it's quick you know he's, he's exceptionally quick but he has this balance that he, you know we know he's left footed but he can go on his right foot as well so, you know, he's got half a chance of a race. Uh, he's in there and, and, and can finish well. I mean, he's, a lot of strikers have seen over the pass of his size. The control wouldn't be good, and they'd, they'd get good headers and that to score goals. But this fellow's balance is brilliant. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's made a record start uh, on, on, on the goal scoring regime. And then, like, De Bruyne, I thought De Bruyne, to be honest, was man of the match yesterday. Now, I'm not always a fan of his, <laughs> Richie. I think he gets on to his fellow players a little bit too much, a bit temperamental in what he was doing and what he does most of the time. But last night, I thought he was man of the match, despite the fact that Haaland scored the two goals. He, he, I thought he was brilliant last night. Got on with the game. No, no, no shouting at his... Or making things at his, his own players, which he does at times. If he's give a bad ball, it's somebody else's fault. But anyway, last night I thought he was brilliant and I would have put him above, above even Haaland last night in Man of the Match. I thought he was terrific. That's the midfield. Haaland, Haaland is Haaland. He's, he's going to score. If he keeps injury-free, yeah. uh, Richie, as we know, I think he's going to break all the records scoring. Like we're talking about Premier League records and all that kind of stuff and people obviously get bogged down in that football only starting in 92 uh, kind of rhetoric but he is playing at such a level and converting chances to such a degree that there are records that would predate your days John that he's oh, yeah. actually zeroing in on now that's how good yeah. we're talking Oh yeah oh, he's, well he's he, he's made a record start to the season Yeah, you know he's, he's, nobody scored as many goals as he has with the, get, the amount of games they've played and, and he obviously seems to be a good lad he's a team player He'll do it, and he's playing in a good team, as we know, uh, Richie. And, yeah. and if, if like, like he has to depend on, on De Bruyne and, and all the Manchester City players to make the goals for him, but they, they have plenty of players there that can make goals, and all he has to do is finish them off. And that's been that's been not been fair on him because well, he's, he's a brilliant he's a great finisher. He scores some spectacular goals as well. Well, he'll score, he'll score spectacular goals, but he'll end up like sticking his toe out. To, like there was one of them last night where he essentially will dive for the ball and kind of get a side foot on it, but do enough and get enough power on it to get it past the goalkeeper without you know uh, much uh, worry about it trickling over the line. Like he's able to score 
all kinds of goals. Have you ever seen a finisher comparable to him, John? Um, I don't think I have. I've never seen anybody as big as him, physically big lad like him, being so uh, nimble and quick. Yeah. You know, like... They usually have one of the other strikers, you know. They're usually big lads, not so good on the ground, good headers. But, but he has everything, you know. I mean, he's good in the air. His positional sense is good. Uh, he can take it with his right foot or his left foot. And he has the players around him there, as we know, at Manchester City. Uh, De Bruyne and De, De, De Foden, when he plays, mm. a few players that will be making goals for him. Uh, and obviously, any striker needs people to make the goals for them. But the, the thing they have to do is score them. And so far, he's, he's done it brilliantly. And I think he could only get better, Richie, as, as, as it goes along. It's worrying, isn't it? Almost for other teams. Well, it, like, is, for, yeah. it is for the opposition, not, yeah. not for Pep. Not for, for Pep. Manchester City supporters. No, no, he's, he's, he's been a, 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 a... And he seems a really good lad yeah. as well. You know, there's nothing big-headed about him when he scores a goal. He, he goes to his colleagues and that. No, he seems a real... A real pro. Does that come from having somebody like his dad who would have been involved obviously in the game and is a former Leeds player obviously enough um, having that behind you and having somebody to kind of keep your feet level and, and tell you what to expect from the profession not just from game to mm. game but what to expect in life as a professional footballer having that guide you'd imagine would only be a help to a player like him. Yeah, as long as the father's okay. By all accounts I think he is. I think we're... I think oh, no, think no, is no I'm, not, I'm not telling yeah. him but, but, but I've seen it before uh, but I've seen players and yeah. really good players, you know, spoil their kids or expect, sometimes expect too much from them. You know, you, you, you don't know. Nobody knows what their parents are like. Sure. But, like, uh, his father was a really good pro and, and a really good guy. I, don't, I never knew him. I never met him. Uh, but he's obviously, whatever he's done so far has been is right. And he hasn't spoiled them. And, uh, you know, he's, he's only 22 now. He's gone in the right direction, and I think he's, his, this particular father has done a good job on him. Yeah, what's the best? <laughs> it's a, it's a stupid question because ultimately it's going to be no stopping somebody who's that good. But what is the best route towards curtailing somebody like Erling Haaland? Is it to to man mark him? Do you make sure the supply lines are cut off? And um, because he has he is going to come up against teams that are, with all due respect, better than Leeds. Um, mm-hmm. So how do those teams go about shutting him down? Well, that's the, that's that's the, the it's the only way of stopping them scoring goals, uh, Richie. Mm. If they can can stop the 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 Brina and uh, Fallen and, and these lads, stop making the goals. Do you know what I mean? He's he's a finisher, so he has to depend on people making the goals for him to finish. And there's there's, there's no good saying, well, this is what we're going to do about this guy. Mm. You know because. You got to go, you got to stop the guys making the goals because once these fellas make the goals, it's impossible to mark the likes of uh, Haaland. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't you can't stay with Haaland as a defender, right? If he's pulling you wide and there's a big gap straight to the goal, you know what I mean, Richie? Yeah. You have to cover that, and that's what lets Haaland in with with his colleagues. So if you stay with Haaland all the time, stop him scoring. Then the brain now falling or any of the other be, yeah. be scored. You just can't do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch on a team that perhaps we don't touch on a hell of a lot uh, in this section, John, because uh, I know you made it a point of, of wanting to praise them, and they have had thus far anyway a fantastic season, and that's Fulham. Um, a 3 0 win for the most recently. 
against Crystal Palace. Uh, they're doing well in the table. You see them there in around ninth. They've had some good results so far this season. And Marco Silva seems to have done a particularly good job there so far. I think he's done a great job, uh, Richie. Yeah. You know, that, that Fulham came up, as we know, only last year. And when you look at the team, most of the teams that come up are struggling. They struggle every year when they come up. You know, this fella is, is way, way above half table. He's done, a, he's done a fantastic job. He hasn't spent a lot of money. Actually, North Forest has spent quite a bit of money, and, and, and they're way down there. Yeah. Uh, but, but this Marco Silva is very quiet about his job. You never see him mouthing off, uh, saying things, stupid, stupid things. He gets on with the job. He's got on with the job really well. I thought he did a fantastic job getting Fulham up, but I honestly thought that he goes straight down again. Yeah, yeah. That hasn't been the case. Without spending the money as well, he's done a fantastic job. I think what's most impressive if you go through their squad, like you look at, obviously, Mitrovic is one of his, his case in points, mm. uh, De Cordova Reed is another, but there are plenty of players still in that squad that not only came up with Fulham last year, but went down the previous time they were in the Premier League. So that kind of experience has stuck with them, but they have a manager now who's built belief behind them that they can actually go and get results against decent teams. And Crystal Palace, make no mistake about it, because the players they have at their disposal are a decent team. And they're going to continue to take points off these big sides, you'd imagine, yeah. throughout the season. It's a great job. Mm. Great job. I mean, to be able to do to do that, it has to be good management. Yeah. I mean, some lads are lucky to take can take a team over and they, they have a lot of really, really good players that haven't done as well as they should have done and he does a good job that way. I mean, this this lad, Marco Silva, hasn't taken over, you know, ex- outstanding players. As you say, Mitrovic is a good goal scorer. Actually, the last time he was in, 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 in the Premiership, he didn't score many many goals at all. But to do what he's done, doing what he's, you know, to have them at this position halfway through, more than halfway through the season... Is, is, is a fantastic job. And to have rehabilitate, rehabilitated his career, I guess, as well, having been at Everton and things not going his way while he was there as well is, is something that stands to him too. Uh, but but no, there's nobody going to Everton and doing doing anything, uh, Richie, not, well, for, not for a while anyway. Well, well that's, that, that, that's where I was going next, John. Right. Because, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because they, when you look at the result and the manner of the results, the two undefeated conceding in the fifth minute of added time, but never really looking like they were going to win that game themselves. Mm. It is a worrying position for Frank Lampard and Everton uh, to be in at the moment. Um, they're just above the drop zone. They're a point above the relegation zone and they look like they're going to be there for a while, if not even lower, because that seems like a club, not just like a first eleven, but a club that is completely bereft of confidence at the minute. Oh, they're, they're in big trouble, uh, big trouble, Richie. Uh, I mean, Lampard is, is he, first of all, the crowd are, are, are on to him. Um, it was a bad result for them at Wolves and um, at the week at the, over the Christmas there. Um, but also, I, I see in the paper he was he was offering the goalkeeper, uh, you know, a five-year contract, and that's been held back um, by the directors. And that's a bad sign, you know. I mean, if 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 Lampard managers do really getting to do the job are, are allowed to make decisions like that, so. Uh, I think he's in a very, very dangerous position. I, I, you know, I think if they don't pick up straight away, I think I think it could be gone in a couple of weeks' time. But you're, you're, like as you mentioned there, it, it, even if he is to go, <clears throat> and there's nothing to say that he is or he isn't at the minute. But even if he was to go, you're looking at that squad and you're kind of wondering who or what would actually get the most out of what's there because it's very, very thin gruel in terms of what's available to whatever manager is going to be involved at Everton. And by all accounts. 
there ain't much money to spend either because they've got their Bromley Moor Dock Stadium being built at the moment. So concentration is going to be on that, obviously enough as it was. You know, we'll remember what Arsenal say twenty years ago. Um, but you're looking at it, and it seems to be this spiral downwards, and it doesn't seem to be any stopping it. No, no, he's, no. I think he's in a very dangerous position. Mm. I mean, the, the, I think he was booed, booed off, or booed at the end of the match against Wolves. I mean, Wolves won the match and only got off the bottom of the league. Yeah. And so the, the supporters would definitely be in a position there where they think, well, we have a chance to do something here, get three points. It hasn't happened. So, you know, supporters get very impatient. But, you know, I, I think you're right. I don't think there's money there for them to, to be uh, bringing in players mm. at all. I think the players he has at the moment are the players that are either going to make it for him or break it for him. I don't think he's got to get any money to spend. Yeah, uh, Football and Off the Ball, of course, brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. The best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. When you watch a guy, Ger, standing on the sideline counting players with his fingers, you know this is bullshit. Probably the greatest ever victory for Ireland. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. And um, we mentioned Nottingham Forest there. They were Manchester United's opponents uh, during the week. Um, a 3 0 win for United. It looked fairly simple from, from United's perspective. But these are the kind of games that would have caused slip ups previously, started this season, end of last, whereby you would have thought that United could be getting by a Nottingham Forest fairly handily enough and they'd make a hames of it. They didn't this time around. It looked fairly no. comfortable. No, I, I, don't, I think it's, it's, it's not a coincidence that Ronaldo's gone, to be quite honest. I think he was he was doing more harm than good yeah. uh, in that particular club, and you saw the comments he made when he was leaving. I mean, he was having a right go at the at the new manager and that. Um, so, and I, I think that you'll get a team spirit now from Manchester United. I think they will get together. I mean, Ronaldo's been a great player. There's no doubt about that. He's been mm-hmm. a great player, one of the best ever. But I think I don't think he was good. At this stage, at this time, for Manchester United, and you look at what uh, Ten Hag is managing to do. Like he's even reintegrated people like Aaron Wan-Bissaka, whose career at United looked to be uh, heading only downhill. He's gotten back in there ahead of Diogo Dalot, who's going to come back, obviously enough, after the World Cup uh, after a bit of a delay. But like he's rehabilitating players, he's giving players chances. Garnacho has looked impressive coming off the bench. Um, they're going to have Bruno Fernandes being more of a starring role obviously now he's got Ronaldo out of the way the one worry for them and I know United fans are a bit upset I guess when they saw Cody Gakpo who was a target and a long term target for Manchester United signing for Liverpool this season is that they can't really afford to dither in the transfer market Ten Hag said he's looking for a striker obviously because they need one uh, with one body gone out the door they need another one um, would you see that as a priority for them that they need to kind of act quickly in January or is there much reinforcement that they actually do need there? Um very hard to know what's, what's happening behind the scenes, mm. uh, uh, Richie. I mean, obviously, he's he's been in the game long enough. I want that guy straight away, but he needs the backing of the owners to do it. Do you know what I mean? If he yeah. says, "Look, I really want this guy," the owner said, "Well, you know, he's a bit too expensive. You know, we're bargaining, we're doing this, we're doing that," and they might they might not see the importance of what the player is to the, to the, the manager or coach, whatever he is there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when Ferguson was there, if he wanted the player, he got him straight away. So there's always, like in a position that Van, 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 Van Hag is in, uh, we, we don't know. You know, we, we assume that he's saying to the directors, I want this guy 
And if we have to pay 60 million for them or whatever it is, we have to do it. Mm. They, they'd have people in the director saying, no, we're not, not paying 60 million. Uh, we want to try and get them for 40 million. And then they finish up losing them. Yeah. You know, that, that, that can happen. Obviously, as far as the manager is concerned, right, he does, it, it, it's, it's, it's no difference to him whether they pay 50 or 60 million. Do you know what I mean, Richie? He just wants the player. But you have to have yeah. somebody, like I think in Ferguson's day, if he, if he was, when he was dealing with the, with, the, with the owners and that, and he said, well, they'd say, well, this guy's a bit expensive at, at, at 20, 20 million a thousand those days. Hmm. No, he said, well, that's what I want. And he'd get him. So I want it, I want it, it's fun for, for Ten Hag. Ten Hag, it might take a little bit longer for him to get a bit more successful. Yeah. That he can see this fella's coming on. It, it, it's very hard to know what's behind the scenes. It's complicated, I guess, by the fact that they're they're trying to sell the club as well, and that's an active thing that's going on. So kind of yeah, att- attention know. will be elsewhere. We don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. But as far as the manager's concerned, you know, if he wants the player, he, he he's not really bothered whether they play twenty or thirty or forty million for him. All he wants is the in, player. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch on Arsenal before we go, John, because I think a lot of people would have seen them go 1-0 down to, to West Ham in their first game back after the World Cup and go, all right, here we go. Uh, here's where Arsenal start falling off. And from that point onwards, they only looked stronger. And this is, the deeper we go, kind of, I don't want to say that they're similar in terms of stature, they're certainly not, but it's certainly reminding me of the Leicester situation of a few years ago, whereby people yeah. thought that they'd fall away and they got to a certain point where they just didn't and they no. kept going. Do you regard no. Arsenal as genuine contenders for this I title? Do. Yeah. Actually, I think Arsenal are far better players than Leicester had at that particular course, time. Yeah, yeah. Leicester, did, Leicester did a great job. They were good team spirit in that. But I think the young players that, that uh, Arteta has, you know, Martinelli and, 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 and guys Saka. like Saka, really, really top-class players, uh, I think they were unlucky that they've, they've lost uh, Jesus in the, in the World Cup. Yeah. Richie, you know, the, and, and, but I see in the paper there, if, you, if you're talking about getting transfers, it looks like Arsenal have, he has the confidence of the board there, or the owners, Arteta, because they seem to be going out of, out of their way, Richie, to get a, a player in for them. And yeah. it doesn't seem to be bothering, the money doesn't seem to be bothering them, bothering them because they know Arteta's done a really good job, he's got a chance of winning the league, uh, maybe two years ago they wouldn't be backing him the way they seem to back him now to get the player in that he wants, but uh, which is a good sign. But I think they've—I thought they were really, really excellent against uh, West Ham the other day. Yeah, Mikhail Mudrik is the guy coming in from Shakhtar Donetsk. It would seem, but there's—I <clears throat> think the, the the complaint that was always thrown Arsenal's way um, from Wenger's last few years through the last five uh, is that they don't have any resilience and that they're a bit weak. That's not an issue, it seems, anymore. And once you par- you park that, you have the players in attack like Martinelli, like Bakayo Saka, even like Odegaard creating from midfield. Yeah. If you've got the resilience at the back and the ability to cut through sides, you've, you're, you're sucking diesel in terms of being able to challenge for titles. Oh, yeah. And no, I think they're genuine challengers. And I think they're being unlucky. They've got to get a centre forward again now because yeah. Jesus was doing a great job for him. And that's, that's just unlucky because he got, unlu- got, he, he got happens, injured yeah. playing in the World Cup. Uh, but I think Arteta has, has the confidence of the players now, and I think he has the conf- confidence of the owners to back him uh, when he really needs to be backed. Do you think they need much in terms of additions in January? Because you go through the squad and midfield seems fine, defence seems fine. It's really only in those attacking areas that maybe, maybe they might need a couple extra more bodies. Yeah, well, as you say, overall, they're good. 
You know, and they were a very young team, uh, Richard. You know, I thought they were really good against West Ham. West Ham scored first, and uh, was put up to them, and and they did it and did it under pressure, which is very good. So I think if Artada gets what he wants, and it looks like that, it looks that way at the moment. Yeah. Uh, that I think he'll get the players in that he wants. I think the board will back him, or the owners will back him in that. It's going to make for a fascinating couple of months to see how this top four shakes out because they're, you know, Arsenal have thrown the cat amongst the pigeons by challenging for the title. You've had people like Liverpool drop points and now in a, are in a battle for the top four. <clears throat> so you're talking about, you know, the, the Newcastles of this world are, yeah. are looking up and, and, and possibly challenging for the title themselves. It's going to make for a, a brilliant run-in. I think it'd be great. I mean, Newcastle have done extremely Andy how. Yeah. He's done extremely well. He, he spent some money, but he hasn't spent an awful lot of money. Uh, but he's, whatever he's done, he's done well. He's getting the best of Almiron now. You know, he's scoring goals at lad, and he didn't look like he was going to make it. Yeah. Uh, like they haven't spent a lot of money, but they spent it well, and they obviously have a good spirit. The, 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 I didn't think they'd last, but it's uh, getting up there around the top four in that. But mm. they, they have done so. But in the Liverpool situation, uh, uh, I wouldn't. I I'm not, I know you're not putting them out of the picture. Yeah. But they're not they're not that far behind them now, and there's still a long way to go. And and they're actually buying players now. They are. Yeah. You, you wouldn't with them selling the club. You would think that uh, they weren't going to do that. But they are doing it, and they're doing it in a big way. So Liverpool could make a challenge from the position they're in. Historically under Klopp, they tend to have good second halves of the seasons as well. And now they've had this added bonus of a little break for a lot of their players too. So you wouldn't back against them making the top four now, particularly if Gakpo can settle in. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I wouldn't put, uh, put them out of um, going all the way. Here we go. It's going to be an interesting five, six months. John, John Giles, yeah. thanks so much for joining us this evening. And I want to wish you, not only from everybody in the team here, but all the listeners as well, yeah. a very happy 2023 to you. Thanks very much, Richie. And uh, same to you and all our listeners. John, thank all you All the much. best. Cheers. And happy new year. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This is News Talk.